you got to adopt this digital mindset in your work life that's a digital culture hey, you could be larger than Hey, what's happening, everybody? Larry Roberts back with another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about uh, providing the building blocks to maybe help your digital transformation take place. To do that, I've got someone here today from Fulcrum Digital, Rajesh Sinha, and he is going to walk us through exactly what that means and how some of their digital services might be able to help us take that next step in our evolutionary process of our own businesses. So Rajesh, thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you, Larry. Thank you for having me. So tell me more about you, but then we're going to get into Fulcrum Digital and talk about exactly what kind of offerings you guys have there. But I want to learn more about you. So tell us about Rajesh. Well, if you or audience wants to know about me, you should know that last 21 years, I've been building this business, Fulcrum Digital. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a chairman of the company, building this company, which has a global footprint and employees across the globe, customers across the globe, and uh, growing 45% year on year. So on a significant growth path, so which comes with a lot of challenges. And uh, about me, I live in Hoboken, New Jersey. My office is in Jersey City. I have one son, two dogs, one wife in Hoboken. That's all. Simple life. <laughs> I'm a marathoner and I run a lot of races this year because of pandemic. I have not been running, but I did five New York City marathon. I This year I got my motorcycle license. So I'm very excited. I haven't bought it yet, but I'm going to buy one in next uh, this summer. So that's a little bit about me and I'll stop here. What's it like to do that? I mean, you're running through the streets of New York City. People have heard of the New York City Marathon. People have seen the New York City Marathon. People running across the, I assume it's the Brooklyn Bridge there, making their way along the path. What is that like? How does that feel? Oh, it's one of the best races in the world. And every year I sign up, I prepare for that race. That race keeps you going all those boroughs, right? You go through all five boroughs. Energy is there all out, you know. You know, Staten Island, uh, the, the bridge, Verrazano Bridge, when you cross, that's the only bridge where you won't find anybody out there cheering for you, right? Because it's a bridge. The moment you get off the bridge, there's a whole lot of uh, fun going on next to you and people cheering you up and kids and families, high five. And it's amazing. It's energy all throughout. So even you feel like, you know, normally we hit the wall somewhere around uh, 20 miles and that's near Bronx. Uh, uh, yeah, Bronx. They're also, the amount of energy they have and the band playing, that just motivates you to go and finish it in the Central Park. So it's the best race. Uh, the people have a lot of energy. They come out to support you every year. So I love it. I love the energy, love the, love the fun part of it. And uh, I, I'll keep doing it, you know. That's unbelievable. And see, that's where outsiders like myself, while I've, I've been to New York several times, I've never experienced anything like that. And I sit back and I think of running a marathon, what is it, 26.2 miles? Is that right? Running that distance is very, very daunting. But to think of all the support that you have and the energy and the fact that it's a, it just sounds like it's a massive citywide event that it's just yeah. an experience that you don't get any place else. 
But I'll tell you one thing, Larry, you know, you can do it. And the way you can do it, I'll tell you how. It sounds like 26.2 miles, but it's all about life. I give a lot of people an example of life with marathon analogy, right? So what happens is you run 5K. It sounds like 5K is too much, but you run one mile, right? You can't run one mile. You just walk fast, jog a little bit, walk, run. Everybody's not finishing marathon just by running. People are running, walking, running, walking. So same thing about 5K. You can jog, walk, finish 5K, right? Can you walk 5K, Larry? I, I haven't attempted to, but I would like <laughs> to think that I can. So we, uh, can, right? we'll, we'll go that if, far. If you can uh, walk 5K, you can a little bit jog and walk 5K. You can do 5K, you can do 10K too. Once you have that habit of achieving that milestone and that desire to do it, 5K will lead you to 10K and 10K will automatically put you on that uh, goal. If you have desire to do a marathon, it's not tough. I had the same mindset. It's too much, 26.2 miles. But when I started doing short distance, it just became habit. You started getting connected with the air, the atmosphere, with your mind, zone. Oh, I love it. So this is great. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. And you know, that analogy does translate directly to business and business growth. It's taking those smaller steps. You know, I have people that listen to the podcast that are, that are brand new entrepreneurs in the space. They have very small businesses, home-based businesses even. And you, on the other hand, have this massive global corporation, but it doesn't always start that way. It's still something that you can achieve even as a solopreneur. Tell us about your journey and how did you start off with your analogy of a 5K in, uh, in, with Fulcrum? So let's take the same analogy. It's a 26.2 miles race, right? So let's draw a Fulcrum journey of five, five miles journey, right? So every five year, let's call it a Fulcrum journey, five mile uh, journey, right? So, so four generations, four uh, segments of our growth, right? The first one was first five miles. I would say it started in Fanwood, New Jersey, a small town. Why we started? When you look at the industry and you see there are companies charging too much for too little, and then there are companies charging too little and not delivering what is required, then you feel there is a right size for right thing. And when you see something getting exploited, you don't hold, hold yourself back. When you feel there is a demand and a need in the market to make lives better, you stand up. And that's what I did. I stood up and I said, there is a need where there are big guns. They will charge big dollar rates, but small companies cannot afford them. And, but they also need help and these big guys will not go and help them. When I looked at some other offshoring company and outside company, I felt that they are not, some of them are not delivering the value what customers are looking for. So I saw the gap there and I said that, you know what, there is a need for better product, quality player, local to the market, yet be a global player. So can we be a global player and act as a local player? Can be a thought leader, can be a consultative mindset player? value creator, not be an order taker. So I felt there is a need to enter and uh, be create a different, uh, different uh, differentiation. And we launched uh, Fulcrum. So first five years was, you know, when you start your business, you have always hand to mouth situation, whatever mm -hmm. cash comes in, goes out, you are always, you know, 
managing your everyday expenses through your earnings. So that's your first test. Do you know how to spend your money wisely? If you spend more than you earn, then you are getting into trap. And that's what I learned in the first five years of making that how smartly I make it and spend less than what I make it, save some, invest at the right place and continue to do that so that I can be ready to go into my phase two of growth phase. And same thing happens in marathon. If you're running a long race, you don't run too fast. If you run too fast in the first five miles, all your energy is gone. You have a very less energy left for finishing the race. And if anybody is starting a business and they think that running a business is starting a business is like a sprint or 100 meter race and 200 meter race, bad news for them. It's not. It's a marathon, right? Entrepreneurship is like that. So you are for a long haul. You got to conserve your energy. And that's what I did in my first five mile. I, I think I balanced my energy, went it with the right slow pace invested at the right places, looked at the right products and market, and, you know, headquartered in U.S., in New Jersey, opened up an office in London, California, tried to test the market, see where the products will grow. When the customers started coming in, then we saw that, okay, where we can have a low-cost alternative, then being background of India, I went to India, set up a base over there. Then as we kept on growing, we moved into phase two of our growth. So that the remaining, the next uh, five miles of our race, which was around 2005 to 2010, was, okay, what is the niche product we are building and why people should look at us? And that time the world was about social, mobile, analytics, collaboration, smack world. So we got into that space. We started building more and more applications and growing our business while we were building, we said, well, India is a different time zone. It won't work. We need a local team. So in London, we had local team. US, we kept on growing programmers and building our team. Then we started looking at uh, Latin America, Argentina, Brazil, so that in the same time zone, we can have a development. So our other offices started to open up for us, right? And while we were building employees, we were building our products and expanding our market, right? So SMAC took us into the next phase of growth. Uh, Then we moved into the third phase, which is from 10 to 15 miles. And in that phase, we were building a business platform. Today, people call digital platform, digital journey, but Fulcrum has been doing it for a long time. In 2010, we were into business platform journey. And then from business platform, we kept on maturing. And in the fourth phase, which is 2015 to 2000 till today, we have a vision of 50-50 where 50% we want to sell our business platform and 50% we want to help corporations, companies build their business platform and be a truly a digital transformation company for the, comp- uh, for the businesses. Help me understand what do you mean by a business platform? Are you sort of in, uh, have you developed like an ERP or uh, what exactly are, 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 what exactly is the product itself? Can you expand on that a little bit? You, you use the term ERP very well, right? So, we talk about the back-end system of the business and the front-end system. You look at any business, whether it is a supply chain, uh, whether it is a food distribution, manufacturing, you have a back-end operation, right? Where the product comes from, you manufacture it. And then finally, you have a front-end system where it gets consumed and customer interacts with your system, right? So we cover both the systems, the front-end as well as the back-end. And that makes it the ERP. 
So do we have products in every space? No, but we have a products in food management area. That's where we have ERP product. It's a SaaS product. So anyone who is into a school nutrition, school catering business, hospital catering or higher education or assisted living. So anywhere people need millions of plates to be served require a a software platform to cater to them, right? So that's one of the platform we have. We also have a platform for education sector. So in the university, kids are going, studying, right? So we need a student experience platform. So that's another platform we have. Third is the supply chain distribution. A lot of distribution companies require distribution platform. So these are the three platforms we have. And then we have one common platform across industry. We call it Fulcrum One. In software world today, when you're building a lot of applications, nobody has time to build it today brick by brick. People want a ready-made wall. They don't have time. The six-month project in digital world, they want to do it in three months. Sure. So how do you do it? That's when you come to us and whether you are a large insurance company or big bank or a healthcare company, you come to us and we give you these components which will help you accelerate your software development. And initially you open the talk by saying building blocks. Those are those building blocks which we bring in into the market and helps, helps you, uh, those things helps you accelerate your journey. Who are your target clients? Are they, are they the larger firms? Give me an idea of, of the size and the scope of the client that you normally work with. So we have, as I said, our business is into 50-50. 50% we sell our own platform, which mm-hmm. customers will use it and license as a software, as a service. So that target market is SME, small to medium enterprises, right? Let's talk about $50 million to $500 million companies, right? Or up to a billion-dollar company can easily buy our platform and run everything what they do in their business. And then uh, the 50% of our business is for larger enterprise, you know, $500 million and up, $5 billion company. And there we work with companies like MasterCard, Grum and Foster, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield, bigger corporations. What we do is we go there and help them build their like payment platform or claims platform, policy platform. And they also need it to be modernized in today's market. So we come as a digital agent and help them organize the platform. So in services side, we work with larger corporation. On a product side, we work with the small to medium enterprises, you know. Gotcha, but we're still at the enterprise level. And, and yeah. that's, that's the big differentiator there. So uh, because of the pandemic, we have just done a restructuring in our company and we call it a pod structure. Because after everybody working virtually, it's very difficult to measure how your global Thousands of employees are working for your customer. So we have put them into a pod structure so that we can measure their outcome. So one of our pod is uh, financial services where we deal with payment industry with MasterCard kind of a solution, right? So payment just becomes our focus area. So we'll keep on growing in the payment industry because payment is evolving and maturing and bringing a lot of values in the market. People are going for real-time payment platforms. Nobody wants to pay a big transaction fee. Fee is going down. Technology is evolving, so we are the agent, bring the new generation payment platform. So that business will grow. Property and casualty and life insurance business, that's where we provide good amount of services. So we'll continue to focus on PNC insurance business. The third business is food business, where our product is very strong now because of post-pandemic. More people are asking us to give them the digital ordering system, 
QR code, virtual reality. So consumers are asking better experiences, right? So we have ownership to bring those value in front of them, right? So, so we will expand in that space. The fourth one is the education. Universities are also struggling. They need more students to now start getting engaged in the universities. So how to in, in, enhance our platform there and bring better experience. Uh, finally, we have a digital part. So digital part, any other industry we work with, they all come under digital part. And the last one is an e-commerce company, Red Stage. We bought this company about five years back and they do e-commerce business, B2B, B2C. So that's another business we continue to focus on, which is building Shopify, Magento, Salesforce, Commerce Cloud. So that's sixth unit. So like that, we have a six business unit and where you will ask me where we will focus, we'll focus on our platform, food platform and our Fulcrum One platform, which is across all industry. That will be our focus. Now, is that focus driven directly because of the pandemic? It's driving that focus there. Are there any kind of market trends that you're seeing that's driving that focus, that direction? We were already on this journey, right? On Fulcrum One, we... Pandemic is actually helping us accelerate that journey because now all of a sudden we see more demands coming in. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday I was talking to uh, one of our customer and for food industry, they were saying, hey, you have a nice tool where parents can decide the order, what their kids will be eating in the school. Can they place the order directly, which was not the feature on the mobile phone, right? It means now parents are asking for order management to directly connect with the mobile phone now, right? So that's the new demand we are seeing in the market, right? That's the reason we will accelerate. So there are push and pull both ways. We already know where the market is uh, heading, right? And we need to bring those ideas in the market, but we are also seeing maturity and demand in the market, right? People are demanding digital technologies, ordering system. And uh, so both both are helping us to head in that direction. I think it's interesting that you were able to point out that the, the pandemic actually helped kind of stimulate the marketplace and, and direct your efforts. And it's ironic when you hear those stories, that's something that I've been discussing over the past year because the pandemic actually created opportunities that would have never been there before. Granted, very devastating to a large percent of the population, very devastating to the economy. But at the same time, if we are aware of our practices as business owners, entrepreneurs, corporate executives, we have that that ability to not only recognize, but then make the moves. I hate to use the word pivot, but, uh, but then we can make the word pivot. <laughs> we can pivot to that new direction that we need to go. And I love the fact that you're pointing that out once again, even at the enterprise level, those opportunities are presenting themselves because so many people, they're, they, I don't know if they're traumatized too much to see these opportunities or they're just blind to the fact that the opportunities are there. But it's so great to hear you say that you essentially did the same thing at an enterprise level and not just a little solopreneur type level that we hear about so often. I think that's tremendous. You had mentioned something earlier that, that kind of caught my ear as well. You, you had talked about virtual reality. How is, because obviously VR is, is still relatively new. It's not the, it, it's not quite where it's going to be for, for quite a while probably, but it's still very applicable. I mean, the Oculus Rift and all these things, we're starting to see consumer products come into play. 
and they're actually functional products. How do you see VR coming into play in your arena? So as I mentioned, we have one division called Red Stage for e-commerce business. So uh-huh. people want to do online shopping and experience. So if you want to buy a coffee machine, you want to see and get the feel of the product and rotate the product, see from all angle, how it feels, how it looks, you know, and those abilities are very much possible using your phone and you have AR applications already installed. And with those apps, which we can launch in the market using your phone, you can get the feel of augmented uh, reality for those products, right? So we are using that for B2C business model. Uh, Even say for an example, you're going to buy a carpet, like now you have a hesitation to go to the store and, but you want to get a feel of the carpet, the thickness and the, how it appears and all that virtual reality will get you a better feel. They're just looking at the carpet in two dimensional format. You will be, you know, compelled to go to the store to see it with your naked eyes before you buy it, you know? So today's technologies like virtual reality brings you closer to reality, you know, and helps you make the decisions, right? Purpose of companies like us or the people who are building platform is to make lives better, you know? Post-pandemic, people have fear. They want to see if technology platform can give them the same level of confidence and comfort to place the order, right? And that's where the power of virtual reality comes in. It's a shopping experience, product selection experience, and I would not stop it there. It will go to any enterprise business, wherever you want to see any product or plant or your uh, inventory, everything can be displayed in virtual reality because now, post-pandemic world, you'd like to have a better feel of your environment through virtual reality, right? In today's world, that's all possible. So that's where we take these new technologies and add that as a network effects on the top of our platform. Many companies, they think that, oh, I need to hire companies like Fulcrum or somebody to help us build technology. Technology exists in many companies. You just need a hook of VR on the top of it And many times they don't know, they think that it's too expensive. Sometimes it could be expensive, but many times you already have been using uh, backend IT systems and digital technology. You need to just bring the top layer and give a better experience to your customers. So that's where I see market evolving now. That's extremely cool. Now, obviously, the mobile market's very, very powerful as well. Even today, I still find myself uh, at times not adapting to the mobile world at the rate that I should. For example, a big fan here of Clubhouse, the new app that's, that's sweeping the, the entire globe here, well, for Apple users anyways. Uh, and and I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of, of Clubhouse. But at the same time, social media is everywhere, obviously, and you got to be everywhere to everybody and everything, and it's very difficult to do that. So I had an Instagram platform over here, right, that I, I had my, my profile, but Instagram ties directly into Clubhouse. So even though I didn't really pay any attention to my Instagram uh, because I had adapted to the fact that you, you, you pretty much have to do Instagram on a phone. I mean, yeah, yep. you, you can browse and everything, but you can't upload new stuff. You can't, you can't post pictures and stuff from a browser without some plugins, and even the plugins are cheesy. So my point is, is that natively you can't upload photos from your desktop or your laptop machine. You have to be mobile. So anyways, going back to that and the fact that I'm an avid Clubhouse user and it ties directly to your Instagram account. 
There's no instant messaging on Clubhouse. There's no way to contact people other than outside of the app itself. So now I had to up my game in order to participate fully on Clubhouse by going mobile with my Instagram. So now mm -hmm. here's old Lair, you know, trying to be all young and hip and cool and everything. But at the same time, I was still doing Instagram from the desktop until I need, you know, if I needed to post a little picture or something, I would throw it out there. But I wasn't actively involved. Same thing with Clubhouse. I was sharing a room the other day. I, I host rooms on there quite a bit. And I posted on Facebook, hey, join me in my Clubhouse room next Tuesday at three or whatever it was, right? But all I did was post a picture of the logo of Clubhouse on Facebook. Well, you can get a link to that room in mm -hmm. Clubhouse. You can actually do a hyperlink. So people can just click the link and go right to the room. Well, the only way to get that link is how? It's got to be done on the mobile device. I can't get my Clubhouse room link on a desktop machine. I have to do it mobile. So you can see, and, and I go through all that story there just to bring it around to the fact that everything is adapting to mobile. It's adapting to handheld interactivity. And that virtual reality experience that you're creating, if you're able to create it on a mobile device, I, I think you're already addressing the needs of the marketplace. Do you agree? Absolutely. And you're 100% right that mobile is becoming a default uh, platform for consumer to experience it because it's a powerhouse. And now with the 5G technology coming in, your processing power is going to go up. I don't know if you have heard about the term called edge computing. With edge uh -huh. computing coming in and 5G coming in, its mobile phone is going to become extremely powerful. But let me give you another uh, perspective. IoT is another version to adopt for mobile phone. Mobile is one device in the IoT, right? And, and just for those that aren't familiar, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to make sure we define IoT. It's the internet of things, correct? Internet of things. Yes. So let's call it a smart device. There intelligent tools, right? So everything around you is becoming intelligent, right? Water bottle is becoming intelligent. Watch is there. It's an intelligent device, right? It's listening. It's uh, sensing what I'm doing, right? Car, you know, you drive. It's becoming intelligent, right? A house is becoming intelligent, you know, Nest or heating system. So Alexa is their intelligent system. So now if you look at it, your profile is surrounded along with your mobile phone with so many devices, which is listening through voice technology, which is observing your behavior and pattern. And you will see in future, these things start to integrate. This thing starts to make some uh, better experience for you. Some people will continue to misuse it. Many will continue to make a meaningful outcome from this, right? So we got to be careful with those misuse, misuse, but be opportunistic about this whole IoT. So I'm very, very keen about uh, IoT along with mixed reality. If we have to take our discussion to the next level, and if you ask me, where are you headed with the IoT and 5G and mobile phone? What's next for the business in your company, what you're thinking? So I'll draw an answer for you in three axes is the future. So on X axis, if you keep the world is headed towards automation, augmentation, and AI technologies. So AI is still there. It is maturing. Some places it fails, many places it succeeds, and it has its own curve of maturity. So automation, augmentation, and artificial intelligence, that's on X-axis, right? 
on a y-axis is all about mixed reality, which you give experience to the customers. It could be the voice approach. It could be the next generation 5G on a mobile phone and the internet of things technology. That's on a y-axis, right? And on a z-axis is where you need to bring your core business platform, which has separate from these two areas. In your business platform, some of these components will exist, but your business is a business platform, works with API economy. It integrates with many things. You can plug and play things inside your business platform. So the world is headed to silo systems, to integrated system with an ability to plug and play, right? And that's where the Z platform comes in. So if you ask me truly, these are the ways to do digital transformation. People are all talking post-pandemic world. Where do I head to? How do, what is the first thing I should do, right? The first thing people should ideally do is assess their business where they are. It's called digital maturity assessment. On a scale of one to five in digitally, are they at zero, one, two? And then you can start on the path of one to five, where five being digitally matured organization and things like that, where you keep on building new things. So I'm very, very encouraged. Innovation happens because of necessity. Mm-hmm. And because of pandemic, a lot of necessity which is emerging for us for the working environment the digital mindset you know how people work digitally like you and i i'm i have like lights here and the mic here i'm always on seems like this was not my world like about a year back right 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 <laughs> since morning eight o'clock i had like so many conference calls with you know 10 to 15 people to solo people so this is a new norm right so this is a digital mindset Many times tool you bring in, sometimes hop in platform, Zoom, Teams, for some other guy, it will work, it will not work. So you got to adopt this digital mindset in your work life. That's a digital culture. So people have to look at the new needs in the market, assess themselves and act fast. I was telling you about the Harvard program, which I did. One of the professor, Ranjay Gulati, he talked about opportunities for companies during the time of adversity. And there are companies he categorizes in four types of companies, conservative, defensive company, progressive company, pragmatic company. And he says that company who invest at this time into new technology, innovation, recruit more salespeople, spend more in marketing, they will be the winner. That's how his study says, right? While we all know that when pandemic comes in or any crisis, you got to save your cash, manage and invest your cash very carefully. Cash is the king, which is great. You got to still do that. But what I learned and which I believe apart from learning from him, and I truly believe that we have to invest during these times. We have to launch right products, increase the marketing and sales staff while we are optimizing, controlling the cost and managing our cash. That has to happen, but we have to put all the investment and the companies who does that, have a better chance of creating and launching newer products in the market and uh, get a better market share and uh, make lives better, you know. Rajesh, I couldn't sum it up any better than what you just did in all honesty, so I'm not even going to try. But what I would like to do is let everybody that's listening know where they can find out more about you, more about Fulcrum Digital, and everything that you bring to the table. So website is the first source, fulcrumdigital.com. Uh, That's where most of the information uh, they will find about us or generally, you know, in any social media platform, if they just search for Fulcrum Digital or FD, 
you will find quite a lot of information floating around about our company, our customers, our products and platform, thought leadership. And uh, we continuously um, do a fireside chat. So for the outside world, and we have been doing this during this pandemic and we'll continue to do it because it seems like it's a very popular format and a lot of interest in that area. So our customers, they come in from diverse industry and they speak together about the challenges and opportunities. So we open it up for you know everyone to come and listen and learn from us. So those are the other platform they can join with us and learn about us. You know, and if they want to reach reach me, my email is simple Rajesh at fulcrumdigital.com. R A J E S H at fulcrumdigital.com. Beautiful. Well, Rajesh, I, I got to say thank you so much. Honestly, this conversation went places I didn't expect it to go, but I, I love it. I love I love the fact that it went where it went, and I love the fact that we could we were able to to talk on such a uh, almost an uneven uh, plane. You're way beyond me on the IoT side of things and all that fun stuff, but at least I understood what you were saying, and I'm, I'm, I was really happy about that. So <laughs> I can't thank you enough for coming thank on the Readily Random Podcast, and uh, I'll stay in touch. Thank you, Larry. Thank you for having me for your show. Thank you so much. <laughs>